Did you say something there, Mike? Michael Litton, the last DJ, host of Ride the Vibe, broadcasting from the beautiful living room-like studio here in Roswell, Georgia, DRS-ATL. Waheed Gomes, the owner and consummate host, executive producer of the show, and sound engineer extraordinaire. Also in the house, Otis Tillman, working the video. And I just genuflect to these guys. I don't know how they, they do it, pulling all these pieces together. They got Zoom going. They got Facebook Live going, audio. I just have to show up. I got the easiest job in the house. Uh, and I'm totally stoked, really just so fired up and honored to have Tim Donahue on the show. Tim is an EMI Japan Nippon crown recording artist. He has enjoyed a multifaceted career featuring 10 solo albums, a major movie soundtrack with the Tokyo Philharmonic. How cool is that? Producing countless TV commercials, a documentary music in Japan, and performing around the world. I mean, oh my gosh. And the nomination of Tim's debut album by Jazz Is Magazine, top five jazz releases, set Tim on course to being the world's premier, world's premier electric harp guitarist for which he is known today. Wow. Tim, how do you stay humble? I think you're talking about someone else there, Mike. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, Tim, you're coming all – we're kidding in the run-up to the show, Back to the Future, because you are uh, at 9 a.m. on Wednesday morning in Japan. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, talking about technology here, I mean, how do they do that? Like, gotta, <laughs> I don't know. i got to figure that one out. The world's yeah. upside down, that's for sure. Yeah, how'd they work that out? I don't ever know, but I'll it's, let you know. It's crazy. Well, Tim, for your fans that are legion, given uh, your stellar career all over so many years, the way we roll ride the vibe is we do an old school listening party, man. Back to my days in Boulder when, you know, we'd sit around and, uh, and listen to albums. Uh, yeah, so, sure. Uh, what we're going to do is encourage the listeners to sit back in a comfort of an environment of their choosing and get a beverage of their choice. In the studio, we are featuring one of the coolest products ever, Drinkmate, which uh, they're a company out of Michigan, startup company, and they will sparkle any of your beverages. And I have just become a huge fan of this product. I use it personally, and it is really a, a big environmentalist. And one of the first rules of uh, protecting the environment is reduce, reduce your consumption. So this little device allows you to sparkle any of your beverages and then reduce your consumption of plastic bottles, et cetera, et cetera. 
And so I'm going to taste a little bit of this sparkled water here. You can sparkle uh, your white wine and turn it into champagne. You can just sparkle any kind of beverage. And AA, uh, they've gotten a lot of kudos and such, but AARP has said of them that it's one of the 39th uh, of the top 90 different cost-saving uh, products that you can get in your house. So I encourage you all to go out and uh, check out Drink Made out of Michigan Cool Company. Doug's the owner and uh, Kevin Young, one of their uh, one of their consummate customer service folks. Ah. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> it would be oh. <laughs> Say that again, Tim. Going to beam it over to me? Yeah. <laughs> the only thing better is it be if we, uh, we had some sake here and you were in the studio or we were over in, uh, right. in Japan. Okay, I'll beam that over to you. Then. Yeah, amen. So tell me, how does a boy from Buffalo, New York, get all the way over to Japan? <laughs> Uh, well, that's a long story, but the short story is we take an airplane. <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, well, I, when I was in Berkeley, College of Music, you yeah. know, um, way back when, and most of the people I knew were, uh, well, most of the people that I, I should say, we, you know, we played with over there and yeah. were, were, were from Japan. And at the time, my girlfriend was also Japanese. Uh-huh. So as soon as I graduated, um, two days later, I found myself um here wow. actually here in this in this city and i should say city we're up in the mountains but it's the same area yeah and i've stayed ever since 35 years worked, 35 years it worked wow. out good yeah yeah that's, that's unbe- unbelievable and your uh, roots in buffalo talk about when you first recognized that you had a passion for music and then i think it's such a fascinating story about how you came to uh, your first guitar Back yeah. as, a, as a young guy. Well, um, my mom, you know, played piano when I was a little, okay. little tyke. About I remember being like three or four years old. The first yeah. thing I remember was my mother playing Claude Debussy. Oh. You know, I mean, that was the first thing I ever heard was Claude Debussy. You know, yeah. Claire de Lune. It was just, and it totally blew me away. Yeah. So that was a real big influence i mean that just you were hooked immediately i mean that was a a kid may go to a baseball bat or a football you were that was it for you yeah that was it for sure and then you know later on as i got a little older than you know the beatles and hendrix but it was all in real time which i was glad to be born you know at that time yeah you and me both brother (laughs) yeah okay there there are benefits to yeah to being being this old more so now than ever i think (laughs) yeah i guess so but no i mean it affects you you know and and it sets you on your life course so you know and then playing the guitar uh i've always wanted to play the guitar you know it's probably from seeing john lennon yeah on you know the, the Sullivan show maybe right, you know, right. remember that vividly you know yeah. I've probably seeing the Beatles I, I can't really say that for sure but yeah you know and Hendrix's music it wasn't so much his guitar playing it was just the, the music itself it yeah. really spoke to me and it was guitar music so naturally I gravitated towards the guitar yeah, yeah. I think and a lot of people it's a very common story probably well but yeah. I, the unique twist with you I think is your dad was working for GM or yeah, yeah. GM yeah, you and know ta- very talk well, about huh? that. So you you know he was doing modeling of the of the cars in a wood, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, his department I guess had a pattern shop, okay. and they would make um, whatever they need to um, you know shape up uh, yeah. as far as a part or maybe even a car body or something. And they did they did it in wood. I'm not I don't think they do it anymore. They probably do it all. It's all done in CAD. Yeah. 
computer. But anyway, uh, he had all this mahogany, you know, really good, good quality mahogany in mm. his pattern shop. So uh, I wanted a guitar really bad, an electric, you know, guitar. Yeah. And uh, he wasn't really too keen on buying me one. But <laughs> I, I said, if I make it, yeah. he says, okay. He brought me home the wood and, um, and I, just, I just made it. You know, um, how, how I mean, I'm just fascinated by that. Like, did you have the wood or did he have wood making tools? I guess he would have yeah. at his house. So, yeah, he wasn't a real big fan of working with wood either. As a matter of ah. fact, he, he, he rebuilds cars. He still does it to this day. I mean, yeah. he completely restores from from the ground up. Yeah. Old classic cars. And he's done over 100, you know, wow. I mean, so he's a real metal working guy. Yeah. Um, and I am, too, to a certain degree. But. I took to wood because out of necessity. Yeah. So, so he had the tools and I had the desire. And uh, so did you pattern, a, you know, did you get a pattern or did you just know yeah. what you were looking to do with it or? Well, just... I, I had seen uh, an, a Gibson SG, which is, okay. you know, was a very um, new model at that time. And, yeah. um, and it just completely floored me. I still love the shape and, yeah. you know, the cherry finish and everything. So I needed to have a, I needed to have a, a uh, an SG. I didn't want one. I needed yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fascinating. So you really have the combination of your mom's artistic and the and the musical and then your dad's kind of engineering yeah. mechanical. I mean, that's a, a rare yeah. gift, though. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, that's the way it turned out for me, so I have to thank yeah, both my parents, you know, for, for not holding me back, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's how that came about. And I the rest, love. you know, it's still going to this day. I know? love it. Well, I think we need to cue up some music. What do you think? Okay. Since we talked about that, we can't just sure. ramble on. And all the last DJ just can't talk all, all and say what he wants all the time. I would, I'd love to cue up, if we could, fellas, Voices in the Wind. And this was Great. a song uh, that you did working with Paul Rogers. It was a 1997 release, as I understand it. Exactly. So I'd like to exactly. cue it up. And again, for the listeners, we're not going to play this thing in its entirety because we want you all to go out and buy, however you do that, uh, some of Tim's music. Because it's hard for musicians now, Tim, right? With the gigs kind of going away temporarily, uh, which was a big yeah. source of revenue, I think, wasn't it? For Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for mentioning that, because it's not only me. You know, it's around the world. So Absolutely. Um, this is a, a new reality. But at least if, you know, you, you, you're able to um, record... Um, and nowadays, you, you know, we're doing it at home most of the time. Yeah, unless you right. record with the Philharmonic, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> we want to talk about that too. Yeah, we can do. <laughs> that's interesting. But no, um, yeah. So it, the show goes on, but you know, uh, as you said, a lot of people are affected by it. Yeah. So, so go out and buy music, y'all. And we're gonna queue up "Voices in the Wind," and then we're gonna be right back and talk to Tim about this song. In the dying of light That lingers where the day meets the night In the light of the dawn Catch me when I fall Voices in the wind Seem to whisper our name. They're calling me, they're calling you to a land we 
Magical Hands, as Guitar Player Magazine said, out of Japan. Tim, spectacular. Talk about, uh, just a, f- a couple minutes before we take a short break, and then we'll come back and explore a little bit more, but talk about how that collaboration came about with Paul Rogers. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. Let me see. Well, I was signed to a record label in Japan uh, called Nippon Crown Records. Yep. And, um they they're they're one of the big ones there so they had a lot of you know budget to play with should i say nice and um i had done two albums for them already and uh this is the one that i always wanted to do um but paul rogers came about uh because eddie kramer uh the producer suggested um to have vocals on it if i was open to the the idea because the album itself was going to be instrumental so then eddie kramer came up with the idea of having vocals and he asked me who who's your favorite vocalist and i just off the top of my head said paul rogers you know so a week later i get a call from paul in england oh my god and he says uh tim i got your demo and um you know uh let's do your album and it was just great you know oh Um, my god yeah just like that and uh Serendipitous. So then I wrote some music for him. I'm sorry? Serendipitous. And so you had not written Voices in the Wind prior to that connection. Right. Um, once I knew that Paul was going to be, you know, uh, aboard, yeah. uh, then I, well, I was able to go in that direction, yeah. you know, and know and, and kind of hear his voice as I was writing the music. So. What a beautiful song. Uh, oh, yeah. my God. And um, he... He wrote. He said he wanted to write the lyrics, and but he wanted to know what what direction the lyrics should go in. So yeah. I did give him the direction. Normally, I would write the lyrics, but in this right. case, you know, if Paul wants to write the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, why not? You, you take care of the lyrics. So oh yeah, God. and it was it was really good in that way. We collaborated, and um, and most of the music on the album is very intense. Um, yeah. You know, it's not bluesy like you would normally hear Paul sing, yeah. you know, and, which is great. But this this album was completely different. So it's very different for, for Paul to be on an album of this this kind of, um, you know, um, I should say, I don't want to say intensity, but it yeah. is a little bit different. I mean, things are in 10-4. Yeah. Some of the music is in 10-4. It's kind of complicated, you know, but Paul sings great throughout. Yeah. You know? Wow. Yeah. Well, I want to, well, we're going to take a short break to support one of our sponsors, which in this case is DRSATL, and then we're going to be right back, and I want to pick up uh, on that conversation with that collaboration and that album. So stay with us, y'all. We'll be right back with Tim Donahue. DRS provides professional audio mixing and mastering services. They also provide other creative services, such as voiceover editing, audio restoration, and audio forensics. They have great customer service, 
Their work is fast and efficient, and their prices are affordable. You can learn more about their creative services by visiting them on the web at drsatl.com. Again, that's drsatl.com. Or call them at 404-590-0779. Again, that's 404-590-0779. DRS, when the right sound matters. And I just can't say enough about uh, the hospitality of DRSATL. Wahid and Otis are just gracious, so gracious to uh, let the last DJ uh, say what he wants to say and play what he wants to say on Ride the Vibe. And it wouldn't be a Ride the Vibe without uh, Wahid and Otis, that's for sure. So can't uh, can't give enough a big enough shout-out to them. And for all of you musicians that are uh, in the area, they're right here in Roswell, Georgia. They've got a beautiful little studio here, and uh, they do some outstanding work. So please consider them for uh, future projects. And, Tim, uh, this uh, collaboration you had with Paul Rogers cues up nicely the connection we both have with an amazing lady who I have to give a shout out to Lucy Piller. So I, I think, I think I know the answer, but go ahead and uh, share with the, 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 the audience, your connection with Lucy, the, the lady that yeah. knows everybody in music, the lady that knows everyone. Yeah. Well, um, Lucy and I, I guess we, we made contact somehow after the voices in the wind album came out. Yeah. And she is the consummate Paul Rogers fan, but she's more than just a fan. She she is a um, unconditional supporter and actually um, yeah. quite involved in in promoting Paul and Free, you yeah. know. Yeah. And so, obviously, having Paul on my album, um, she, you know, was very supportive. And um, and this podcast is a result made possible yeah. by lucy's efforts so yes. i thank you lucy and i thank you for all your uh, unconditional support over many years yeah. you know because the fans you know um every fan is very important you know and um, lucy has just you know become um the ultimate I, and, and fan i should not use the word fan but she's more she's actually yeah. beyond a fan and yeah. that she's actively involved now in, yeah. in and so she's really taken taking it to that level for for the benefit of uh, me, Paul, and, and all the other mem- members of Free, you know, the well, company, I should say. I yeah. can't uh, I have I can't can't say it any more uh, eloquently than that, Tim. And I have to uh, if Lucy's out there listening, Tim and I talked about it in the run up to the show. Tim suggested it. He said you. He said I would strongly suggest Michael that you consider a show with Lucy. <laughs> And, I, you know, the yeah. light bulb went off and I went, wow, yes, absolutely, because yeah. she has so many contexts and such a vast repertoire of experience. Right. It would be a fascinating show. So, Lucy, Tim and I are putting you on the spot <laughs> on, <laughs> okay. this sh- on this show uh, to, uh, to uh, consider coming on Ride the Vibe. Absolutely. So y- your work with Paul on that, uh, that CD or that album uh, then yeah. has resulted in a, a you know, a, a long time friendship with him, I would imagine, and good rela- a good working relationship. Yeah, we we've been in touch off and on, um, but then I've gone on to do other projects. Yeah, and um, so you know, and Paul has done other projects as well. I think, as right. a matter of fact, he he sang with Queen after. Yes, <laughs> he did the Voices in the Wind album. Yeah, um, unbelievable. So um, he did that, and um, but you know, I I, I Paul's been so gracious. To, like my mother would go to see. 
yeah you know that company when they came to western new york and um paul yeah. would you know get her tickets or, oh my god have his management you know he he'd he'd make it nice Treat her right her. yeah and, you know i mean if i can just use this opportunity to thank paul for being so nice to yeah to me you know and and my my mother too as well yeah. um that's unbelievable so i don't know if i've ever had the opportunity to, to tell him that but I love that. So up first on Rod the Vod, we like that. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, right. That is perfect. So you, you know, you, you work with Paul, but then you also had the opportunity, you know, talk about uh, working with Kelly Hansen. I mean, uh, you yeah. know, another brilliant lead singer that just yeah. uh, from uh, Journey, 10 year, I yeah. think a, a, a decade long career as the front man for, for uh, Journey. Talk about how that came about and then we'll tee up uh, Skyrocket. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, Actually, um, he's in Foreigner now, right? So like oh, his Frank, music. Excuse me. Okay, um, yeah, Foreigner. Yeah, he, My bad. Yeah, he's he's taken over the you know lead vocals um, yeah, for Foreigner, yeah. and he's stepped right into the the position so well, yeah. you know, because his voice is just the consummate rock, yeah, you know, um, singer. And he, anyway, he. The reason I was able to sing, uh, he was able to sing on one of my albums was because, uh, again, A.D. Kramer, uh, his name came up during the Voices in the Wind um, pre-production meetings, you know, as far as singers go. Okay. And, and, of course, Paul was going to sing on the album, but but his voice, his his name came up. Yeah. And I had talked with him during that time, and I says, listen, Kelly, I promise you, um, let's do my next album together. And he was gracious enough to remember, yeah. you know, that I promised him. And um so a few years later, I called him up and I, I said, you know, here's that album I was telling you about. Let's do it. And I sent it to him and he sang his heart out. My mm. God, you know, um, and yeah, that was called Into the Light. Yeah. And, yeah, and we're going to play that track as well, the title track. So did you again, same kind of thing with Paul? Did you had you written the music, but then didn't and didn't have him in mind or how'd that come about? Uh, let me see with Kelly. Um, I think most of the music was already written. Yeah. And uh, I sort of kind of had his his vocals in mind. Interesting. You know, there wasn't really anyone else that I was thinking about. You okay. Know? But I wasn't really sure if he was going to be able to do it or not until right. I, you know I did make contact again, and yeah. then there it was. So you know, mm. the music was um, just perfect mm -mm -mm. for him. Yeah. And uh, it's music again. It's it's really intense and. Uh, you know, because when I when I play, it doesn't matter if I'm playing jazz, whatever. I mean, you know, it, the urgency of playing and and recording and and the urgency of just making music. You know, I mean, it's, you do it like it's your last day on earth. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I really, and I I look back and I can hear that kind of vibe in the music. Um, that it's it's it, it always climaxes to an earth shattering. My music climaxes for mm. some reason, and and I look back and I think that's probably the reason why. It's the urgency and yeah. the, you know, the feeling of like this is the last thing you're going to ever do. Wow. You know? and, um, what, where it's does not that a conscious thing? But yeah. What does that come from? Your time in Japan, or did you have that as a young person as well? Oh, I think you're either probably born with it oh. or you develop it early, you know. Yeah. The intensity of music, the musical experience, uh, it affects you, I think. I mean, at least I can say that for for myself. Yeah. Uh, and I guess it must come out in the music, you know, because it's not a, a something that you think about. You know, we're going to make a big climax in a piece of music. Right. And, and, and again, getting back to Kelly, he just rode right with it, you mm. know. And um, the album really turned out. You know, beautiful, um, yeah. very satisfying. You know, I love the it. way he sang too, and Paul, and and 
and all the other singers I've worked with. So. Well, I think we need to queue up Skyrocket. And I wish, you know, okay. thinking back on, uh, you know, the, the theme of an old school listening party, how cool it would have been back in my days in Boulder in college to have had the artist, <laughs> Yeah. You know, to be able to talk to about the music. Yeah. So I, I really like this. Yeah. So let's yeah. hear yeah. Yeah. let's hear Skyrocket with Kelly Hansen on lead vocals, the uh, foreigner lead singer. playing what he wants to play, saying what he wants to say, and screwing up a little bit, <laughs> calling Kelly Hansen the lead singer for Journey, not Foreigner. Got that screwed up. <laughs> it's okay. And because we're live here, y'all. And somehow Otis and uh, Wahid are making all this come together with Tim <laughs> in Japan a day ahead of us <laughs> on Zoom. Japanese which is technology yeah, again. There it's, you go. It's unbelievable. It's pretty cool. So what a great song. So talk about uh, your creative process, Tim, and how it's changed from when you were a young man and how it's evolved over time to where you are today? Well, uh, I do a lot of songwriting, you know, and that, um, and that could be in any genre, any genre that you can think of, yeah. you know? Um, and I'm, I'm writing music every night and recording every night, just about every night. It's like something you do, you know, before your, 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 your day is over, you're always recording and mm -hmm. playing something, you know? And, and so that process um, has, you know, been able to um, accelerate once, you know, once you have your own studio gear. But yeah. when I was a kid, um, the creative process of writing the music, I should say writing, it's not necessarily writing it down on a sheet of music, on yeah. a sheet music but it's something that you'd actually play and, and is, you know, put on a cassette or something. That process uh, has not changed. And, and mm. the, the interesting thing about the actual songwriting process for me in a nutshell is there's no thought involved. 
just at comes. all. It just comes. I, I cannot recall anything I've ever written. And, um, you know, I, I like doing this and doing this and doing this and the song is yeah. finished. Um, I don't want to say song either. Sometimes they're long pieces, you know, orchestral yeah. stuff too, you know, yeah. and, and that I can't have, I don't have any re recollection at all. It just comes. So, and that is a kind of a meditative process where yeah. you allow it to come in a way. And yeah. I'm not a, um, you know, an expert on meditation yeah. or anything like that, but that's the way uh, it, it always came to me. So that hasn't changed ever since I was a kid. I remember yeah. I was like three or four years old and singing melodies in, in, in my bed, you know, uh, just melodies were coming to me. And I hear that so often changed. with with consummate musicians that it's sort of literally out of the womb with that gift, and you, yeah. you've never had a blocked, you know, that that artist block that that you never, or you've been blessed. Well, you down. get lulls, sure, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's really it's really interesting too when you have a deadline to work, uh, you know, towards, yeah. you know. Somebody, the big man, yeah. <laughs> is waiting for yeah. you know your 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 next piece, and they want masterpieces, you know. Yeah. And I want to talk about that because in the run up to the show, you described a situation where you were under an intense deadline, writing something yeah. for the Tokyo Philharmonic. So I want to touch on yeah. that a little bit. I also yeah. want to touch on your project, Guitars for Freedom, uh, too, when we come back because that was done, I believe, in the same time period, about two thousand one. We're going to take a short break to support a sponsor that's near and dear to my heart, Foundation for Premature Infants. And then we're going to come right back and we're going to roll the uh, second half of the show. I mean, the first half hour just flown by, but we'll roll the second half commercial free. So you all stay with us. We're going to be right back on Ride the Vibe after this short little break to support this killer sponsor, or in my opinion, killer sponsor. The number of premature infants born in the United States each year, 380,000. That's 9.8% of the total births in the U.S. The Foundation for Premature Infants' mission is to advocate for the right of all premature infants to be cared for in a developed developmentally supportive and age-appropriate manner. Our vision is to ensure that Premature Infants' Bill of Rights is the standard of care for all babies born prematurely 24 hours per day, 365 days per year on all shifts in every neonatal intensive care unit throughout the world. Please consider making a donation by visiting us on Facebook, Foundation for Premature Infants, or at our website, foundationforprematureinfants.org. And have to give a shout out to all uh, the folks out there in Facebook land that have so generously supported the Foundation for Premature Infants. It's become our number one source of revenue generation. People, you know, are having a birthday party or an anniversary and it's, you know, they will post out there, hey, instead of giving me gifts or whatever, please consider donating the Foundation for Premature Infants. So we've been blessed to uh, give a lot of money back to clinicians all around the world, in fact. Uh, to help them stay current on best practices for caring for these little people who have no voice. So thank you all for that. And uh, right before the break, we were talking about a deadline you faced. Uh, you were work. you, you were, uh, and, well, I'll let you tell it to him. The, uh, uh, I think you mean about the film, the yeah. film score? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Well, okay. Just, it's a long story, but I'm going to really make it. You make um, it as I'm long sure as you want. It's your show. No, no. <laughs> well, uh, I, I had, Okay, I, I had been asked to score this film, um, which was going to be, um, how should I say, uh, promoted very strongly in Japan. Uh, it was um, it was like a Harry Potter kind of film where there was uh, a really thick book, you know, uh, originally that the, the, the story was written, and, and, and it got all these awards. So it had kind of this presence in Japan yeah. um, in, in the social media. 
and um, what an honor for you. Yeah, I wanted honor. Well, they wanted me to do it, and 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 for for some reason they wanted Irish influenced my music, but more Irish. And I don't know if they knew that my name, you know, was an Irish name or not. Maybe that's why I got the gig. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, I ended up writing this score. Um, yeah. And and there's there's a lot of music that you had to do because the music the, the film's two and a half hours long, oh so there's a lot of music. Gosh. And it had uh, some of it was with the Tokyo Philharmonic, you know, and but you're under these deadlines where, you know, they want masterpieces like tomorrow. Mm. okay? and uh, can you do it? Oh, yeah, sure. You know, no problem. Yeah, right. Well, makes long story short, I didn't realize there was no orchestrator. I had thought I just assumed, you know, lost in translation kind of thing. It would be an orchestrator writing the score itself not the composing but the just the writing all the the you know arrangements and everything and and, and for the philharmonic and three days before the actual recording of this um um film score i i learned there was no orchestrator and they were expecting me oh boy to do it and so this is no it was two days before and here's five pieces that i had to write a film score uh the, the entire score for him oh my lord and uh, you got it done. They asked me, you know, three, two days before. Oh yeah, it's it's ready to go. And I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even have the score. So you got the Pinocchio <laughs> nose going. <laughs> God, you know. And but that's the thing. You let them know that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, they because they're they're putting a lot of, should we say, do re mi yeah. into this project. Yeah. You know. Um, and uh, so anyway, to make a long story short, with these deadlines um, having to be met along the way, you're pressed to come up with material and as i said a minute ago you know it just usually comes to me right but yeah. when you're under the under the gun yeah um maybe not it, so easy it really doesn't come you yeah. can't really think of the music because the but pressure what did come out the pressure but it's a good thing yeah. because the pressure brought something out in me that i would never have um i don't think would ever have come out you wow. know and i'm very happy that i did it but yeah. you just want to jump out the window yeah while you're doing it because there's a lot of pressure and that's the way it is in hollywood and film scores it's yeah. not just when i did it i think everyone's under that kind of gun so 48 hours of no sleep and then i think is it the same story where you then were asked to actually conduct to- <laughs> You know very well, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is an interesting thing. In Japan, you know, I mean, I, I, Japan's great and everything, and 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 I don't have any trouble with the language or anything. But things are not really said, you know, up front yeah. as much as you would expect them to be. Should yeah. I say? Yeah. So after is that having just the politeness? Story, is that just the kind of the polite or the? No, that's just the way people communicate. Uh, they don't really say exactly what you know. Yeah. They won't, there, there'll be no subject to the actual um, in the grammar. Uh, like, I won't say, like, I want to eat something. They'll just, in English, it'll translate to be want to eat something. You know, uh, the I is assumed, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, th- but that goes right through all the way to business meetings and, yeah. and whatever. So, anyway, to make a long story short, yeah. after having, having had to write the score with no sleep, um, you know, for two days, I mean, and, and intensely writing and not checking anything. Um, come, come, come the recording day, I'm sitting there at the console with the, the engineer and the assistant and the, the music producer and the, the movie producer. And they're all sitting, we're sitting in a, in a row looking out towards the Philharmonic and I'm waiting. It's one o'clock. We're supposed to start at one. There's no conductor. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, one of that I, that I or that you got dropped. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, no one ever said anything to me. So that it was I, you. I automatically, 
<laughs> well, yeah. So everyone's looking at me. Like <laughs> people on to the left of me are looking like this. People to the right are looking at me. I'm in the middle. I'm going. Got it. So I look at the engineer. I says, "His name is Maury. Maury, son, you got to help me here." Says, okay. He runs into the closet and pulls out this boombox because I didn't have a baton. Yeah, right. Of course, I'm not. And I'm, I'm You're not, not expecting. I slept in two or three days. Yeah. I, I don't know what the heck I'm going to do, so I, you got to help me out. He, he pulls out this boombox and rips off the antenna. And he says, here's your, here's your baton. So I didn't show anyone that. I just quickly oh ran gosh. into the recording studio, and the, they're all waiting for him, you know, for the conductor, and here I am. Yeah. Who is this guy, right? Yeah. And I start conducting. Was that and, a first, the conducting part? Was that a first as well? Oh yeah. This You'd never conducted. So you're in front yeah. of the uh, Tokyo Philharmonic conducting yeah. your score that you'd written in 48 hours. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Whoa. five pieces. There were five pieces. It was ridiculous. Whoa. And I had no idea how it was going and to sound. And you're doing it with you know? a with an antenna. And I'm doing it with an antenna. But they didn't notice that. They oh, didn't they... notice that. Yeah. <laughs> until until at the very well, I think it was the third third the very end of the third piece is this dark climactic Wagner, like Mahler kind of climax. Because yeah. it's a dark movie, you know. Yeah. And it climaxed, you know, and, and, and I make the motion like, you know, with my, like this and the antenna extends all the way out and whack right onto the, to the podium. Whack. So wait a minute, wait a minute. What's going on? And these, these are like real proud classical musicians. Sure, you know, sure. Fantastic string section is yeah. done unbelievable um yeah. and actually i had tears in my eyes because it was sounding so great and mm. all that weight came off of my shoulders as i was conducting so i was really getting into it yeah well, as soon as they found out when you know the antenna whacked the podium <laughs> looking at me and he's we're being conducted by a, a an antenna <laughs> with an antenna you know and an so, american yeah an american guy, an antenna, guy? Yeah. <laughs> so take two you know ah uh. Wow, so, and it, it would turned out great. That's but that was funny. good. Th that was a good thing. I took conducting in 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 Berkeley. I should oh, you did. Give Berkeley, yeah. a plug here. Yeah, yeah. I took conducting because I, I need like two more credits or something. I'll just take conducting. I'll never use it. You know what I mean? And there it came into play. Wow. And there it came. Yeah. So at least darned. I knew the move, the movements. You know, the motions. Well, shifting gears slightly, but uh, kind kind of in that same time, or a little bit in that same time frame, is uh, into the light. How did you? How did the guitars uh, for Freedom Pro Two Project? How did that come about, and uh, yes. what song did you play on that? And definitely yes. want to encourage people to go and talk a little bit about where yeah. that money went or, and all that, if you would. Yeah, too. yeah. Uh, actually, during the Into the Light sessions, we were in um, L.A., okay. and the engineer, uh, wonderful guy, uh, Dennis Deeger. I had used him like years before on another album. Um, and I remembered, um, Dennis, I, I need to record Kelly's vocals, right? Kelly Hansen's vocals. Mm -hmm. So I called up Dennis, and um, I flew out to L.A., and Kelly lives in L.A., so we did it, uh, the, Into the Light. And while yeah. we're doing Into the Light, um, Dennis was saying that, hey, you know, there's this um, uh, new tribute album. Uh, I, tribute is the word? Um, yeah. Remembrance of the Fallen, I think that's the It was about 9-11. Okay. Yep. I think it was the donations were made for 9-11. Yeah. Anyway, he... He had mentioned this to me, and I says, geez, you know, um, I have a track that would be great for the album, you know. And so I just submitted that track, you know, and mm. whoever, I forget the guy that was producing the album. Dennis had known about it because he was involved somehow. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. I, maybe even he had, he had a track on it because he's a great, great.
great artist. So anyway, that's how that came about. Uh, mm -hmm. So it is, as you said, it is um, a continuation of the Into the Light. One thing leads to another. Yeah, you know, it's, it's incredible how things move in dominoes. Yeah. You know? Is that a message you would uh, take away? You would leave for uh, younger, the young aspiring yes. artists that yes, you have to absolutely. put one foot in front of the other, and you know absolutely. And you know the, the <clears throat> relationships that you make when you're young, especially mm -hmm. when you're young. So for some reason, as you get older, I get th people get into their own world, and it's harder to break into yeah. someone else's world, and it's harder to actually make friends when you're older. I yeah. just, I just think that's human nature maybe but when you're young mm -hmm. especially uh, if you're in um, a, a college or something yeah. like that the most important thing you you will probably get out of college aside from the education is the um now we call it networking yes now. yeah yeah you know, i mean that's the the cool word <laughs> yeah yeah but, but right. it just you know we used to say connections right. in the past but more of on, on a human level you you develop a relationship yeah. that will last your whole life yeah you know and um, you're an example of that and then how it manifests itself in yes. like you said the domino effect one domino going yes. and the next and the next exactly exactly i mean wow. i mean i can look back and can you can you can go back and 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 see how one relationship led to another uh, relationship yeah. you know and it's all within the music business right you know, in right the music industry so it's you're you're uh, you're forwarding your career yeah with these relationships mm. and um Unbelievable. It's, it's as you're young as you said just as you said mike um, yeah when you're young I love it. Well, let's uh, let's in fact hear the title track, Into the Light. And uh, if we could tee that up, fellas, that'd be awesome. Thank you.
Modern Day Les Paul, Player Magazine, Japan. Love that. What a, it's such an interesting juxtaposition to hear Kelly's voice outside of a foreigner with your music. <laughs> it's just, it's a really yeah. unique, very cool. But yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I, I love it. I love it. Great, uh, great album as all your music is. And so, again, want to encourage listeners to go out and download uh, because Tim will make like point oh oh one cent on each t- <laughs> each t- download. <laughs> but you want you want to get his music. I mean, it's just spectacular stuff. So talk. You know, we're you, you've done albums um, primarily, I think, and talk about the shift away from albums, Tim, to the singles and what your thought is on that, because it, it seems like it would be somewhat incongruent because you, you, you have such a big body of work and compose and all, all the vastness that you've put together. I mean, what, what do you think about this trend towards one-offs? So, yeah, it's interesting, interesting topic. Yeah. <laughs> um, used to be where... You know, if you heard a single, it was actually, um, you know, uh, the door to an album. Album, you know, right. You'd want to get the album and hear more. Yep. You know, and I'm not so sure if that's the way it is nowadays, yeah. you know, as much as it was in the past. Right. And, and so in that way, you know, um, the single itself is a standalone work. Of course, any 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 piece of music is, so, is such. But still, when it's from an album... You know, uh, the artist would hope that the album would be listened to, yeah. you know, and not just the single. Yeah. Um, so it depends. Um, for some music, you know, I guess the single, you know, there might not be that much variation on the album itself. A lot yeah. of them might be, you could use all the tunes as a single, you know. Right. But it doesn't really matter. I think um, it, it, the artist wants to hear the album to, the album to sell. Yeah. Um, at least from my um, experience. Has it changed you know, the way you think about music? Has it influenced you, or do you still stick to your core? Yeah. Yeah, I don't really think about too much, about trends too much. Yeah, um, good for you. And the business so <laughs> yeah. much. Yeah, you No, know, I mean, because it, it's constantly changing, you know, the business model itself. Right. And I think that's what singles are actually, of course. you know, they are another business model, yeah. you know, um, and as... Um, so David Gilmore, he said that's a whole nother industry. Yeah, right. You know, in in a way, and and, and so I mean, yeah. So f- for for a lot of people who have been doing this for years, uh, singles are a gateway to an album, mm-hmm. you know, the rest of the album. Yeah. But for other people who are, you know, um, more trendy, uh, the single is the is it you know, that's what they're doing it. yeah that's, that's the yeah. way they're releasing and, and that's okay you know that's okay too sure. but for me um that hasn't changed my uh, that fact hasn't changed the way you uh, do it yeah yeah i love it exactly well so i talking about uh, albums and singles so this uh is off your madman and sinners release 2004 also with kelly i believe no this is with um james labrie oh james labrie um, okay He's from the band named Dream Theater. Okay. Um, and um, uh, yeah, it was uh, another. You know, just the music that we're hearing today is is mostly in the rock vein. Yeah. I kind of kept it kept it that way. Yeah. But this is this is more going further extreme. You know. Yeah. Uh, it's it's progressive metal. Yeah. And James Labrie and Dream Theater, that's what they do all the time. You yeah. Know? And, but for me, this is another step into a different. Uh, yeah. 
shows your your versatility though i mean it's amazing because and i want to come back to jazz's magazines you know your top five jazz artists and then you know compared to this song so let's cue up if we could fellas feel the feel my pain with james labrie on vocals and uh, tim donahue playing what he wants to play. And in this place, in this case, playing the great music of Tim Donahue, who's all the way in Japan, a day ahead of us at 9 a.m. in the morning. Unbelievable. Well, what a, you know, your versatility is just unbelievable. So you, early on in your career, your your debut release, Jazz's Magazine labels you, you know, they they put you in the top uh, five jazz releases. And this, uh, Feel My Pain, such a departure from that. Does it does it throw your uh, your record label off? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, this album, the Mad Men and Sinners album, it, it, I mean, it's it's so intense from yeah. the the beginning to the end. But it's beautiful too. Yeah. Um, and that's why progressive metal, I mean, the genre, yeah. for for those people who don't really know what it is, it, it, it is a combination of just about anything you could think of as far as like textural things. It's not just like metal, metal, metal all the yeah. time. There's beautiful. You know, I've got Gregorian you know, gothic voices throughout and yeah. chorus and beautiful pipe organs. It's, it's really beautiful. But then there's the other side of that coin on the same album, you know, very yeah. extreme. So, yeah, the record companies, Mike, <laughs> very confused. Yeah. And, <laughs> they um, are. But you have but, you have the confidence in, to be able to do that, and they give you the license yeah. to do it, which is yes, very exactly, cool. Yes, exactly. Exactly. The licensing. Um, uh, yeah, these last couple albums have been licensed as opposed to me just signing with the record label yeah. and, and letting them do everything. Licensing, you know, um, you, you're 
responsible for the graphics, for yeah. the recording, everything. But then at the end of the day, you're able to license that around the world. Right. And um, and the, the funny thing is, um, can I tell that story about? I was going to tell you about the the jazz. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Connection here. Yes. I look, okay, looking on the uh, CD Universe yeah. website, you know, I guess they're selling CDs as like the Amazon of, of CD ah, sales. Gotcha. You know, um, and this this was when the album first came out, Mad Men and Sinners first came out. And it's at the top of the chart, right? Yeah. It was number one on the sales chart. And and it was also back ordered too. It's so there's people waiting to buy it, you know. But it's it's, love that. it's it's already been sold yeah. that well. But if you look at the chart, I still have the graphic too. Yeah. Maybe someday I'll send it to yeah, you. Yeah, I'd love to see it. Yeah. It, it's the jazz chart. <laughs> it's on the jazz chart. This is amazing because how in the world can this album be? be the album opens with a nuclear explosion. Yeah. I'm not kidding. The first, the first song opens with the countdown of a nuclear explosion. So obviously someone at CD Universe had um, miss, you know. Had they read uh, they, the they review, have, do you think, from Jazz's? Or? Well, no, I, I think, well, yeah, they must have cross-referenced one of my earlier albums, yeah. you know, because there were two that were more of in the jazz vein. Yeah. And uh, they must think, oh, this Mad Men must be jazz. It's gotta so be they the put same. it in, this, yeah. in the chart. <laughs> Nora Jones was second, I swear to oh God. Oh, my God, that's awesome. I'm <laughs> going, oh, that. my God. So whoever, I, I thank you for everyone for buying the album yeah. because, you know, the, the, it, it was a ranking of the sales, so I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. But yeah. I pity all the jazz people, people who bought it and went, whoa, <laughs> not exactly yeah, saxophones Jeff. and swing. Yeah. You know, they were <laughs> Harry, Harry Connick, not quite. <laughs> well, this uh, yeah. hour is just flying by, and I want to get these last two songs in. Uh, and we're going to do okay. this one in a video format because we're on okay. Facebook Live. So how about that? So we're going to cue up Heaven. And uh, this is you're working with, and say his name, Akira? Yeah. Akira. 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 Yeah, so Akira. And we'll yeah, talk just, about that. We're going to play the last two songs. We'll be with Akira. And let's yeah. uh, cue up the video of Heaven. Just a little Great. bit of it. Great.
Virtuoso Billboard magazine, Tim Donahue. Talk about that track just uh, real briefly, and then I want to save a little room for Slow Joe. <laughs> okay. Well, these videos, this this one that we just hear, heard and yeah. Slow Joe, both of them, it's just me and the drummer playing. There's no bassist or keyboard or anything. It just it's sounds so, played. yeah. Uh, on the harp guitar. Yeah, yeah. unbelievable. At the same time. So um, that's what I'm mostly doing nowadays. Yeah. Um, is doing uh, mostly harp guitar based yeah. uh, recording. And, 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 and um, sometimes we'll do a video, you know, of course, before COVID. Yeah. We were playing quite a bit. Yeah. Um, we would have loved to have come over to the United States. Oh, man. Just the two of us, you yeah. know, and, and perform. Well, I um, hope that will happen when. Uh, thank you. Yeah. When you get back on this. You, you get back on this time zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get back on this time zone. So I hope that I have a hard enough time keeping a, a, a trio together. Yeah. So I just have to go with two people. Two, yeah. <laughs> Such a full sound, though. That yeah. harp guitar is just it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's nice to be able to play all the parts. And it's taken 30-something years to, to, to bring it to this point. But, yeah. You know, um, and that's in addition to the rock stuff that we just heard. Yeah. You know, this is another side. That, uh, so, such a broad range. Wow. Yeah, thank you. Well, this time is just flying by, but I want to hear a little bit of Slow Joe right before okay. we wrap it up. And then we'll come back with your parting thoughts, future gigs, or, you know, future projects, that kind of thing, Tim. A Great. little bit of Slow Joe on Ride the Vibe. Tim is pioneering a technique that has endless possibilities. Incredible. Mark Varney, uh, Mike Varney of Shrapnel Records. Tim, unbelievable. Great stuff. Thank you. Kind of wrap it up, uh, if you will. Put a bow on this thing, <laughs> if you can. You know, maybe talk about uh, future some work you're, the cage maybe you're working on? Or is oh, that, my gosh, the cage. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for asking, Mike. Um, yeah. Before, I, before th I was going to thank you, first of all, but... Uh -huh. um, for the whole this whole podcast, I can do my one little uh, my doing. one little bit of Japanese. Domo arigato. All right, <laughs> I'll give you the sword. You the sword. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, thank you. And yeah, yeah, the cage is another thing. Um, it's actually a musical mm -hmm. that I had written a couple of years ago, and like a full length musical. It's about yeah. two two and a half hours long. Wow! And uh, we performed it in Japan, and uh, it was great. Except that it's very expensive to do. Um, yeah. And 
an investment, you know, um, opportunity is still there. And, and so I'm not going to continue to perform it unless the investment is there in a very sure. expensive project, but it's, 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 a, it's, it's orchestral yeah. and it's, it's metal and, and, but it's a, it's this beautiful story. Mm. Um, all written and, and produced and done by you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, it's all in English too. So, um, mm. you know, there was how, how that would come across in Japan. Yeah. Um, there was a way to do that. Um, and that had to do with translating everything prior to the actual performance yeah. and having a film, you know, um, be played and, and so that everyone knew the story and then we performed it and it was nice. But again, as I said, it was very expensive. So that project is still on hold. Yeah. Um, in the works. So for those of you out there with some big bucks that are, have been enjoying this show, hook up with Tim, <laughs> Tim Donahue. And Tim, it's just Thank been you. a delight to have you on Ride the Vibe. And you're so gracious to get up early. I know you're typically the late night person. So uh, to be okay. a day ahead of us at uh, now 10, uh, 10, 15 in Japan, that's just unbelievable. And again, big shout out to Lucy Pillar. I want to get Lucy on the yes, show at some point in absolutely. time. Tim, you're the absolutely. best. Look forward to seeing you here in the States when... Uh, when things get back to uh, normal. Mike, you're the best. Thank you for what you're doing for all us musicians. God bless you. Domo arigato. Domo arigato. We're out of here. Thank you. Thanks, Otis. Thanks, Waheed. Peace. It's not too late. Set the record straight. Better get her done, son, because the hour is growing late. Maybe there's a DJ out there and a list of things that he meant to do but hasn't gotten round to yet well maybe he'll feel a little empathy play this on his fm show better late than never here's my thanks to ever plays my song on the radio better late than never